You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for this great call that you have called your bride to in these end times, Father. And I pray, God, that each and every person is in submission to you and doing what they're supposed to be doing to be in position to be used by you according to your perfect will for their lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you speak through me in this episode of Surviving Singlehood. I pray in the name of Jesus that you speak directly to your daughters, that whatever it is you will have them to know, Father, in the name of Jesus, reveal it to them, give them the knowledge today. In Jesus' name, Father, we love you. And we say, speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. Move by your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. You are the great I am. You are the great Jehovah. Hallelujah. You are the true and living God. There is none like you, none beside you. You are awesome and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I glorify the Lord for his wisdom, for his omniscience, for his omnipotence, for his sovereignty. He is the great God. He is just absolutely, totally amazing. There truly is no God like the God we serve. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like sometimes it's difficult for me to move past that right there, how great he is and how he called us and he did not allow us to die. While there are so many people who are in hell right now who we're doing the same things that God delivered us from. I thank him for his grace. Hallelujah. That today there is life in my body. There's breath in my lungs. My family did not have to bury me. I'm yet alive and able to proclaim this good news, this gospel of Jesus Christ. How awesome is the God we serve. Because whatever I'm praising the Lord about for myself, he did it for you too. You're still here. Hallelujah. There was no burial for you. Thank you, Jesus. You were not lost in your sin. So I see these, these, these young women, these babies, and they're passing away. They're being murdered. They're being killed. And I'm seeing these things um, come up in, in news stories. You know, um, wh- whenever I try to open up a, a new tab or something like that and My God, I could not imagine at the ages of 19 or 21, just suddenly having to stand before God and give an account for the decisions I've made at that time. These children are not being taught who the Lord is. I thank God that he is our father and he adopts us and he causes us to be born again so he can set straight everything our natural parents made crooked. Hallelujah. I thank God that whatever they didn't teach us, God by his spirit, he says, I'm the teacher. He'll teach us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a line that I like that William J. Seymour says. He says, every drop of blood we received from our mother was unclean. I thank God, hallelujah, that he caused us to be born again. Thank you, Jesus. I 
thank God that he caused us to be born again. Hallelujah. God is great. He's awesome and he's mighty. Hallelujah. He's greatly to be praised. He's a great savior. Hallelujah. He saved you. And I thank God. I thank God. I thank God. Today we are living in times where a lot of people are not actually saved. They came into this, this great message of the gospel and this great knowledge of Jesus Christ, but they're not actually saved. And as I was in my apartment today and I was thinking, and this came into my spirit that it's easy to get saved. And it is. You, you confess with your mouth, you believe with your heart, hallelujah, <laughs> that Jesus is the son of God and the Lord raised him from the dead. Oh, you will be saved. Thank you, Lord. You be born of the water, born of the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you. That's not the issue. The, the issue comes with staying saved. There it goes. When you have to start beating that flesh into submission and the enemy starts coming in like a flood and you have to learn what it's like to deny your flesh and you have to learn how to be disciplined enough to not even eat anymore. And you say, this is, this is Christianity. I thought, I thought it was nothing but grace. I thought it was nothing but joy. Oh yeah, it is. But it's also a fight. And I thank God that he keeps us and he causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. He gives us the victory. And I thank God for that. I thank him for that. He's so good and he's so awesome. I have a message today and we're moving on to point two. I told y'all, it's just something about God's goodness. It just, it just is weighing on me. I just feel it just fused with every fiber of my being. Hallelujah. His goodness. He's just so incredibly awesome. Hallelujah. When you realize, my God, did he have to save me? <laughs> did he really have to? As many people as I see leaving this earth and you know it's premature and you know it's untimely. As many parents are burying their children, did he have to save me? my God, but I thank him that he did. Hallelujah. And my life is his now. Hallelujah. I hope you're saying the same thing. I hope you're saying I'm thankful that he did. I'm glad that he did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then the Bible has the nerve to tell us that we can be confident in this very thing that he, which has begun this good work in you, my God, he's going to complete it against that day. Can you imagine that not only did he look throughout the earth and say that one right there, that's who I want, right? Right. He had this thing predestined before he even founded the earth. So whatever mess you were in, whatever you were going through, God said, yep, still that one, that one is mine. And then how audacious and ambitious is it when he says, and that good work that I've begun in you, I'm going to complete it. Don't you worry. Yep, I see you struggling. I know what you've gone through, but I finish what I start. That thing that I've began in you, I'm going to do that. I'm going to finish that. I'm going to complete it. Let's move on to point two. Let's move on to point two. We thank God for being here. We thank God for his presence. We thank God for his truth. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. I thank God for his truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I told you I was in prayer and um, the Lord said to me, 
he, he spoke about that carnalist that we have for, for the man. And of course, we know we, we throw away the carnalist, but we don't throw away our standards as women. We still have standards now. Okay, you still know the type of man that you want and what you will never settle for. Amen. Amen. But we do know that there are spiritual aspects of our husband and our life glory to the name of the Lord, that need to be tended to. And we need to be praying for a real man of God. We need to be praying that he has a real ministry. We need to be praying for his mind. We need to be praying that he's solid. We need to be praying that he's truly saved and not just was saved before, but truly is saved, present tense, and in the future will still be saved. You need to be praying for someone who can be a priest in your home and lead you and your family closer to Jehovah. Hallelujah. So we know, we understand that aspect, but I was in prayer and the Lord said, we need to have a list for our own selves, the women we want to be. Hallelujah. When we um, meet our husbands or whatever, just in the future, our goals, our aspirations for our own self. And um, sometimes we don't do that. Sometimes we don't sit down and say, this is what I need to do. These should be my priorities as a woman of God. This is where I need to be going. I need to have direction. Okay. And I've surrendered my life to Christ. So I need to come up with some goals and some hopes and some aspirations, which align with his will for me. Okay, so he gave me a list of seven things, and now we're going into um, point two. Our first point was tell my daughters take care of their hygiene, and we did two episodes about um, number one and number one A, hallelujah, on how to take care of our hygiene. Now we're moving on to point two. In point two, the Lord said this to me, and I felt it was so profound. God said, love their fathers. That's what he said. Three words. Point two, love their fathers. So this is what I want to say to you. God wants you as a woman of God to be whole, to be healed, and to love your father, Jesus. And the Lord is going to allow me to just sit and settle in this place right here just for some time for the next few minutes because God knows that some of you have been hurt by your fathers. Some of you have been disappointed by your fathers. Some of you have experienced rejection at the hands of your very own father. That someone that you can come from someone's loins and they could still forget about you or they could still choose someone over you. But I've also taught y'all that your children still need love they still need to um, be affirmed. They still need attention. They still need teaching. They still need rearing. Never is it God's will that you reject your children for your own personal gratification. Just like it's never God's will for you to reject your spouse because you're serving him. You need to be proficient at being a wife and a mother or a, 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 a father and a husband. You need to know how to do that so that no person that God has entrusted into you or to you rather is lacking. Okay. Nobody should be leaving out of their parents' house with issues. I don't think parents understand that they'll have to account for that, that God entrusted someone to you and you did not treat them right. 
You did not treat them properly. You were um, invested in your own interests and whatever happened to them happened. We all will have to account for what we do. So, and I say this about myself that y'all know I don't have any children. I'm not being courted, nothing, okay? But the Lord told me several years ago that if my children aren't saved, that if my children are not saved because I was so busy um, preaching the gospel, and at this time, I wasn't even, I don't believe I was preaching at that particular time in my life. He said, if your children are not saved because you're so busy preaching, you're going to hell. Can you imagine that? Because God let me know that I've given you a responsibility. And don't you dare be so platform eager that you leave your responsibility thinking that you're doing me a favor. I want you to raise those children. That's why I gave them to you. And I want you to raise them to be a great woman of God. You should know how to do that, right? <laughs> you shouldn't be so great that you leave your family. So now think about the parents, my God, who turn their back on their children and they're not even doing it for the sake of the gospel. Jesus. Some of us are so, um, so hungry to follow after the Lord that we actually turn our children off from following him. I met someone like that recently. Really nice young man. I mean, awesome. Father is an apostle, and he has officially stopped going to church with his father because he's seen too much. He's been put on display too much, and he knows what goes on behind the scenes. Now, if you don't think that that father, who that son was entrusted to, will have to account for the way he treated that son, so I'm ain't right with the way you're thinking. God has shown me over the years that parents are absolutely responsible for the outcome of their children. They absolutely are. And I know that's difficult for some of us to hear. That's why I say, if you know good and well that you raised them wrong, if you know you rejected those children, if you know you abused those children, if you know you didn't really care about those children, if you know that you weren't really there for those children, come on, if you know you didn't really pour into those children, if you know you were a poor example to those children, if you know you exposed them to things that caused them to be hurt or damaged, you need to repent and you need to apologize to them. And this is what I've told women over the years who have come to me saying, my child hates me, this, this, and this. Well, there's a reason why. You can't just look at them and say, oh, they so damaged. I hope they get over it. Uh-uh, God is going to say, I'll heal them. Now it's going to be on you. You'll have a problem, right? Even in the midst of all of that, when, because God, and saying all that to say, go back to what I was saying when I first started, God knows good and well he was wrong. God knows good and well he was wrong. The way he treated you, the way he talked about you, the way he rejected you, the way he did not provide your needs, the way he was not there for your mother, the way he left you both, God knows he was wrong. Women, it's the same thing. Don't think that God is just coming for a father that leaves, but not for a mother who puts other things before her children. Uh-uh. Both of you. Both of you need to repent. Both of you should have a good dose of the fear of the Lord in your heart that says, uh-uh, I need to fix this. I need to fix this the best I can, and then I'll leave it in the Lord's hands. Amen? He knows that this man, your father, was wrong. He knows that him leaving your mother was wrong. He knows that some of the things he taught you or showed you was wrong. 
He knows the way that your father treated you was wrong. What you have to do is allow God to fix it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God has created this thing called time. And God can redeem time. And he can also make it seem like he's giving you back time. He can extend your years. He can make you accomplish more in a a shorter amount of time than it would take the average person. God can do things like that. But what he does not allow, I've never seen it in scripture. He's never allowed us to go back in time. What has been done, y'all hear it? Whatever has been done is done. Whatever has been done, listen to me, it's done. So the molestation that you experienced, it can't be undone. The rejection you received from your mother or your father or both, it can't be undone. The way you were brought up and raised to drink, smoke, curse, party, I know what was going on in some of our homes. That stuff can't be undone. And as much as you can sit back and say, man, you know, I really wish I was raised differently. I really wish I had a different father. I really wish, you know, I had a different set of parents who would have instilled some different morals into me and exposed me to some things that were more glorious than, than the sin that I saw. As much as you, as you can think those things, God is not going to put you in a time machine and cause those things to be undone. The amazing thing about God He'll cause the molestation. He'll cause the rejection. He'll he'll cause everything that you were exposed to. He'll cause every generational curse. He'll cause every battle you've had to fight to work together for your good. Hallelujah. But the thing is, you have to let him heal you. He'll fix it but you have to allow him to. Forgiveness, hallelujah. I recently said this to my uncle. Forgiveness is not for the other person. You want to release them, but forgiveness is for yourself because these people who have hurt you and have talked about you and have done you wrong and all that stuff, they're going on with their life. They don't even know that on the inside you are in pain and tormented and that you have issues, that you're insecure or you have a difficult time loving your, whatever it is because of the way they've treated you. They have no idea and they're just going on until the sunset living their life. Listen, you want to go on into the sunset too. And there are some great things the Lord has for you that he can't release to you with that bitterness in your heart. So in no way does it mean that by forgiving them, are you saying that what they did was right and you know, it's okay and stuff like that. No, no, no. That was not okay. It was wrong. But guess what? And most of the time they don't even um, come to the realization that it was wrong. They won't say, sorry, that's okay. And the reason why I say it's okay is because you serve a healer. So regardless, nobody can bring you closure but God, only God. And this is something that the Lord has allowed me to understand that when we hold on to unforgiveness, when we hold on to the things that people have done to us, when we can't get past those things, right? And we're still talking about your fathers and the way they hurt you. When we hold on to those things, we, we in a sense, prevent God from allowing them to reap for what they've sown because we're still holding on to them. And when we release that thing, 
and we surrender that pain and all that stuff to God, then God can actually take it and say, okay, now vengeance is mine. I will repay. Okay. As long as you're holding on to it, you're saying vengeance is mine. I got this. I'm holding on to it. When we release it, we give it to the Lord. Then he says, okay, now, now, now I can, um, now I can vindicate you. Now I can avenge you. Remember what he says. Remember what he says. He says that it would be better that a person ties a millstone to his neck and be cast into the sea than hurt one of these little ones. Now, can you imagine how much of an offense it is to God who says he is father to see these earthen fathers reject, molest, hurt, leave these little ones, damage these little ones. Mm -mm, You don't have to hold on to that. Give that to the Lord. Give that to the Lord. I know whatever they've done is wrong. I know whatever they've done is wrong, but God has some things he wants to bless you with. God has some things he wants to do for you. And some of us are so hurt that we can't even move into it because God won't allow us to take the bitterness and in, in the hurt into our blessed place. So we have to get over it. God does not want your future spouse paying for what your father did to you. God does not want your future spouse receiving damage and having to be cursed out and having to go through what it feels like to not be trusted by his own wife because you are still comparing him to your father. So for a lot of us who have had daddy issues, God will keep you single and heal you and then be a father to you. And he'll do this to show you how to love and what it feels like to be loved, what it feels like to be taken care of. He'll show you. God himself will show you what a real man is supposed to do. I told y'all when I was in the Mercedes dealership, I saw uh, a father and he was buying a Mercedes. It was his daughter's first car. And he said, yeah, I'm going to get her a Mercedes. And then I have one getting her license next year and we'll be back here right next year. And the Lord was saying, "This this is what fathers do. This is what capable fathers do. This is what a father will do for his child. Some of us have fathers that didn't even care whether we were able to get on the bus or not. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all know it's true. But when we release that thing, my God, and we allow God to discipline us and chasten us and love on us and teach us and comfort us and we learn to confide in him and we learn, listen to this, because some of us don't, we learn to trust him. That's what a lot of this weak faith stuff is about. And we don't know how to submit and all that stuff because we couldn't trust our fathers. So we don't even know what it's like to be loved by someone who's real. And God is spending this time saying, let me show you because I don't want damage going into your marriage. I don't want your trust issues going into your marriage. I want to teach you what it feels like to be a woman who's loved and accepted by her father. I want to shape you and mold you into a whole woman in a way that no man could ever do for you. Only I can. I want to fix you up. I want to bless you. I want to comfort you. I want to be there for you before I pass you on to someone else. And the Lord gave me this scripture in in Proverbs 17. Listen to this, Proverbs 17 and 6. And it says, children's children, grandchildren, right? are the crown of old men. Hallelujah. He says a a man's grandchildren are his crown. 
It makes him regal. It makes him majestic when he has this, this lineage of, 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 of children. He says, these are my sons and these are my son's sons. I've raised them right. I'm present. I'm there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I didn't turn my back on them. This is the, the, the fruit of my loins. This is the a production of my own doing. This is a crown for, a, for a, a grandfather, his grandchildren. Listen to what it says. And the glory of the children are their fathers. The glory are the, of the children are their fathers. And what has happened in our lives is that we've grown up in a home where there was no glory. Our mothers and, and our, our families did not know who Christ was, was not able to raise us in that way. And we didn't have a man to bring and usher in the glory of God like God has established it to be so. So we grew up without any glory in our life. And now as God is trying to bring us into his glory, saying, okay, I'm your father. I'm going to be your glory. We struggle and we fight and we don't realize what it's like to be loved. I'll give you this example. When, um, so my father and I, you know, we wouldn't speak for years and it wouldn't be my own doing. He would just stop speaking to me. And, um, he spoke to my other siblings, even one of my siblings who actually lived in the same house with me. He just would not speak to me. And I was the younger one, didn't even know what happened or why he would do that. But there came, um, a point when we reconciled our relationship and we spoke to, we began to speak on a regular basis my dad used to call me so much. And I used to be like, why is he calling me? I did not understand why he would call me. I didn't understand why he was texting me so often or why he was calling me so often, you know, or why he wanted to talk to me about various things and find out what was going on in my life. I did not get it. And this went on for years. I'm like, why is daddy calling me? I don't understand. We just spoke or what is he calling me again for? I don't understand. And it was because I thought that way because I was conditioned to living a life without a father. <laughs> so I didn't understand when he was trying to be a father. And it wasn't until after he died that it clicked in my brain. And I said, oh, he was attempting to build a relationship with me. He was attempting to be a good father and to stay connected to me and to stay in communication with me because he promised me. After I expressed to him how much it hurt me that he would ignore me and he wouldn't speak to me, he actually promised me that he would never do it again. And I thank God for that. I thank God um, for what brought healing to my father and I, um, our relationship. Now, just because our relationship was healed, that did not mean what I didn't know at the time, what I have found out <laughs> Over the, the past few years, that didn't mean that the, the issues that he gave me were gone. It meant our relationship was healed and was reconciled. And I can genuinely say, I love my father and I didn't have any problems with him at his passing. However, I can say that some of the things he did was wrong and it was wrong. And I had to deal with that later. The hurt that some of those things caused, had the, regardless, you can love them, you can forgive them. But you internally, when something damages you, you have to deal with that damage. You have to submit it before the Lord so that he can heal it. Because as much as my father and I reconcile, my father could not heal me. I need y'all to hear this. 
You can't be healed by your father's apology. You can't be healed or receive closure because you and your dad are on good terms or because, you know, he'll start treating you a different way. Some of us say, oh, well, if my father did this or if he did that, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. The healing in the closure comes from God. You just have to surrender it and you have to be tired. You have to say, you know what? I don't want to think like this anymore. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to know what it feels like to be a whole woman. I want my heart to be clean and pure because the Bible says the pure in heart shall see God. I want to be pure in heart. God, take this pain from me. So we grew up in a place where there was no glory because we didn't have fathers. And now God has adopted us and he's our father and he's taken us into glory and we give so much resistance because it feels strange. We don't understand what's happening. That's why I gave that example of me. I'm like, why is daddy calling me so much? Now we don't understand. Why is God, why does God want me to pray so much? Why does God want me in his face? Why does God want me in his word? Because he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to commune with you. He's attempting to build a relationship with you. He wants to undo all the damage. He wants to get close enough to you to begin to heal all the pain that you've felt. But you have to be willing to surrender. God says we have to love our fathers. Because until we learn how to love our fathers and forgive our fathers for what they've done, we're going to take that same damage into our relationships and we're going to expect our husbands to do something that only God can And we're going to make our husbands pay for what our father, you know, what we would have wanted him to pay for. And it's not your husband when God has a good man for you. A good man is not, it's not your, um, it's not for your husband, pardon me, to have to deal with those issues. It's not God's will, okay, for your husband to deal with that. If God is going to bless you with a good man, he wants you to have a good marriage. If God is going to bless you with a good man, he wants you to be a good woman. Okay, that's why one of the things that we have to say, we throw away our carnalists, but we still have standards. If I'm going to be with the man, he has to love his mother. Because don't tell me you can't love the woman who gave birth to you and brought you into this this world, but you're going to love me. Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's shaky. That's iffy. You need to go back and be healed from whatever issues you have with women. I tell you this, when you um, find out some of the, the, the lives of pimps, when you find out about their childhood, it's, I mean, in every instance that I've seen, and I'm talking about with real pimps, not the rappers who say they're pimps and all of that, um, you know, the real pimps who were actually really pimping women, um, you know, in the 70s and things of that nature. These men are in the 60s when pimp culture was really big, and it was still big until maybe like the early 2000s. And honestly, now that I'm saved, I don't know what's going on with pimp culture. But when you look back, over um, these men, their lives, you will find that their mother were, were prostitutes who abused them or who left them or who rejected them. You will find that these men were molested by women and forced to do sexual acts to their babysitters. And, you know, even if they expressed their pain and their distress, their mothers would still do it. Um, a lot of their mothers were drug addicts. And so what you see when they grow up is this innate hate for women, where they use them, they manipulate them, and they beat them, they torment them, and they kill them. They have absolutely no respect for them. That goes all the way back 
to their childhood and what they experienced by the hands of women and they're making every woman who says, I love you to them. They're making every single woman who could potentially be a good woman, a good wife and a good mother. They're making every one of those women pay for what their mother did. They're expressing their hatred for their mother to those women with every beating, with every taking of their money, with every time they allow them to be used on the streets. They're expressing their hatred for them, for their mothers, excuse me, towards them. And it's the same thing with us ladies. Don't think it's any, any different. If you're not healed from what your father has done to you, you're going to take that same hatred, that same pain, and you're going to put it right onto your spouse. It's going to be abuse. It's going to be um, this, this, this strange dependency on him. You're going to have expectations of him that he doesn't have to meet. <laughs> He's your husband, okay? So um, God, he doesn't build a time machine and say, okay, let's go back. I'm going to give you a different father. I'm going to give you a different home. I'm going to put you in a different set of circumstances because you're saved now. What God does is he makes you confront every issue and deal with every issue and he'll heal you completely. He is your healer and then he will bless you. Can you imagine that's all that God's been wanting to do in your life is bless you. He's been wanting to bless you with a spouse. He's been wanting to bless you with money. He's been wanting to bless you with a home. He's been wanting to bless you with children. He's been wanting to bless you with that body that you've been wanting. Like, can you imagine? He's just been wanting to bless you, but he's had to heal you first so that this whole woman is the one carrying the blessing and not this broken woman who has the potential to drop this thing and mess it up. No, no, no. God wants us to be whole before he wants to, us to be blessed. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I'm going to tell you that right now. But God also, along with your holiness, wants you to experience happiness. But he's going to take care of anything that could damage your happiness in the future. He's going to take care of all that stuff because he's righteous. So before he brings you into this ultimate place of understanding and joy and peace and all that stuff, he's going to cause you to deal with every issue and every demon spirit, every generational curse and every issue that could in the future corrupt your happiness and your joy and your peace. So if you're wondering why am I going through this? Because God is making you whole. That's why. God is attempting to expose you to real glory. God is bringing real glory into your life. God is bringing real closure into your life. God is bringing real healing into your life. And God says, you need to be the woman who loves her father. Because remember, you have to know who you want to be because you attract your own kind. And honey, you don't want no man with no issues in your house. You don't want to be one with a man who has issues with his daddy and has issues with his mother. You don't want that. You don't want that in your bed. <laughs> you don't want that raising your children because there's something that's still missing where he's not whole. Okay. And you don't want the enemy to be able to come in and tempt him to look out um, outside of the marriage and outside of the home for things that can bring um, gratification and fill that void that only God can. You want to meet someone who is healed and who is whole, who is over the pain and who is moving on into their, their Canaan, hallelujah, their place of blessings and fruitfulness, hallelujah, into their Goshen. That's what you want, someone who is 
past their wilderness and into their promised land. That's what you want. And it's possible. It's possible if you allow the Lord to process you and God will show you that he will be the best father ever, but he's not going to overlook your hurts because that wouldn't be a good father. He's going to tend to every boo-boo. You know, you have that parent and when you fall down and you scrape yourself and you're hurt and you're bleeding, they're right there. My grandmama, my goodness, if I used to um, scrape my knees up outside or something like that, she would take me into her bathroom and I would look forward to it put some peroxide on the cut because I used to like to see it fizzle up and she would put a Band-Aid on it and she would probably kiss it. But I, the, the, the most important part to me was seeing that fizzle, okay? I used to like that. <laughs> but this is what God wants to do. When you hurt yourself, when you're bleeding, when life has torn you and you're limping, God wants to embrace you and he wants to heal you. He wants to kiss that boo-boo. He wants to heal you. He wants to bandage you up. Hallelujah. So you have to allow him to, so that you can genuinely love your father. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you don't know how the Lord will bring healing. I tell you, I told my father how he hurt me and how his family hurt me by essentially ignoring me. And um, I wasn't too nice about the way I relayed the message. And this was right when I started going to church. And I need y'all to catch how the Lord wouldn't even allow me to be able to grow in him and move forward with him until that situation with my father was healed, right? And so this was as soon as I started going to church. So I'm still smoking. I'm still fornicating everything. I just started going to church. And this was the, this was the time where it stuck. And um, I... I um, text my father some things, and I said some things to him that you know, you probably shouldn't say to your father. And when I was over um, saying everything, I cut my phone off, and I went to go take a shower for the evening, and I kept hearing the Lord say in my spirit, healing, healing. And I had this sure feeling that God was telling me that the things that I just said were going to bring healing in my life, and I couldn't understand. And I remember thinking, how can that bring healing? But sometimes we need to express the way we feel. Sometimes we need to express the ways we've been hurt. Okay. And when we let it out, you'll be surprised when we're no longer internalizing it and trying to be strong and trying to act like it was okay. And it's all right. And we just move on past it like it was nothing. When we express it, you'll be surprised how much better you'll feel and that that's what God wanted you to do all along. God didn't want you walking around holding that thing. Okay, thank you, Jesus. God wants us to get it out. Even if sometimes people will look at you and say, you crazy, you damaged, you got issues, whatever. It's okay. God knows what's going on. Watch me be blessed right after this. (laughs) Okay, watch this. Watch this because everybody doesn't understand your process. But if they've ever truly been processed by God, they would understand it. Amen. Amen. So we pray for healing. We pray that God relieves us from from bitterness. We pray that God relieves us and heals us from strife because that bitterness, that that that's a that's a root that sprouts up in us and it defiles us before God. And you don't want somebody who hurts you to be the reason why you go to hell. Come on now. You going to go to hell for somebody who did you wrong? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. 
you go into heaven because you're going to forgive everyone who has done you wrong, including your father, including your mother, including your sisters, including your brothers, your aunts, your uncles, grandparents, friends, everybody, because nobody is worth you being separated from the Lord. So right now, I'm going to pray for you that you can be healed, healed enough to no matter what your father has done, the things he said to you, the way he's left you, the way he's neglected you, no matter what, you can still love him. Not saying that he was right and not saying that God won't deal with him because God will. God is righteous. Remember that. But God needs you to be healed and God needs you to be whole so that you can move on into your blessed place. Amen. So that that doorway of, of hurt from your father won't keep allowing the same demons into your life. You, won't, you don't want to keep struggling. Come on. You want to move on with a testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we thank God. Listen to this. We thank God for our parents because regardless of what they did and what they did not do, regardless of the things they said to us or about us behind our backs. Jesus, regardless, God still ordained those two people to be your parents. You have to respect the will of God. You have to respect the choosing of God. And you have to thank God for what he allows and say, Lord, I must have had that upbringing and those experiences for a reason. Use me for your glory. And the whole thing, you all have heard my testimony. The thing is, God has made me completely opposite of what I was exposed to growing up. Completely opposite. And I thank him that if I didn't tell my business, nobody would even know it. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. All that old hurt, all that old pain, all that old trauma, all the old addictions, all that stuff passed away. All things become new. Thank you, Jesus. You have to learn to love your father. The way you view your natural father will affect your relationship with Jesus. You have to learn how to be loved by a father. God wants to show you that. But first, he'll bring healing to your relationship with your natural father, even if your natural father is no longer here. And I'll tell you this, you can always write a letter to your father. Read that thing out loud. Put everything in it, all your feelings, however you feel about him, whatever he did wrong. Read it. Surrender it. Tell every demon attached to those feelings to get out in the name of Jesus. Tear that letter up. Throw it in the trash and move on into your Canaan and into your Goshen in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you right now for healing, that God would begin that healing process so that you can love your fathers. When you come out of your singlehood, you want to survive this thing. Hallelujah. You have to know what it means to love your father so that you won't have a problem with submitting to your husband. Hallelujah. Because you know you can trust his leadership. Hallelujah. You're not going to try to usurp authority over him because you've always had to fend for yourself. You're going to allow him to take care of you. Hallelujah. Because sometimes when we don't have our father around, we have this mentality that says, I need to do it myself, or I can take care of myself, or let me bring this to the table too. And God says, "Uh -uh -uh -uh. Queen Esther, sit down. I got a king for you. He'll have everything that you need. Y'all not saying nothing. Okay, Ruth, I see you working. I see you've gone through some things. Don't worry. I got somebody who's going to redeem all that for you, who's going to fix it all. You're not going to have to work hard no more. Hallelujah. But first, he got to get rid of that Jezebel demon in you that makes you think because of the way your father treated you, come on here, that you got to take care of everything. You got to wear the skirt and the pants. Uh-uh. You got to learn how to submit. 
You have to learn how to be loved by a real father. Let God make you whole. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for this word today, God. We thank you that you don't just want us to be holy. You want us to be happy. Hallelujah. You want us to be whole. You want to fix us, God. You want to change us, God. You want to deal with every bit of hurt. You want to deal with every root of bitterness. You want to deal with all the strife and the unforgiveness and all the trauma and all the issues, God. First of all, we thank you because you've seen it all. We thank you because you're the great I am. We thank you that you'll redeem us. We thank you that you'll vindicate us. We thank you that you'll justify us. We thank you that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We thank you that you anoint our heads with oil and our cups run over. Hallelujah. We thank you in the name of Jesus for all the good and every good and perfect gift that you have from us that come down from you. You, you're the father of lights and there's no shadow of turning it and there's no variableness in you. You won't change. Hallelujah. Like people will change. Hallelujah. You won't turn on us the way people will turn on us. And God is saying in teaching you to love your father, I'm teaching you to love me. Father, we want to love you more. We want to come into deeper and greater fellowship with you. We want to be healed. We want our minds to be released. We surrender it to you now, God. The pain, the hurt, the rejection. Hallelujah, God. We surrender it to you. The molestation. Hallelujah. We surrender it to you. Being talked about by our own parents. We surrender it to you. And the We need to learn how to take down every word curse that our parents have spoken over us. And this is what the Lord wants me to just say right now. Because your parents have so much authority over your life that the devil will use them to speak against you and call you crazy and say what you'll never be and what you'll never do and who you aren't and all that other stuff. The devil is a liar. You need to break those word curses that your parents, as a matter of fact, thank you, Father. And I hear God. He's anointed me to do it right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I loose every person under the sound of my voice from every curse that their mothers and their fathers have spoken over them in Jesus' name. Every word that's against you that was spoken out by your parents in the name of Jesus I overturn it right now in the name of Jesus I loose the word of God upon your life and blessings upon your life in the name of Jesus I loose increase upon your life in the name of Jesus I loose sanity upon your life in the name of Jesus I loose peace upon your life in the name of Jesus I loose wholeness upon your life in the name of Jesus I rebuke every satanic word and seed that was planted by your parents in the name of Jesus you will become greater than them in the name of Jesus You'll have more money than them in the name of Jesus. You'll have more things than them in the name of Jesus. You'll have a greater relationship with the Lord in the name of Jesus. I'll release that over your life right now. I loose it over your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I uproot every satanic word that has been planted against you by your parents in Jesus name. I tear down every satanic word that's floating around in your atmosphere, trying to take root that your parents spoke against you in the name of Jesus. And I hear the Lord saying, don't believe them. If they talked about you and said what you'll never become if they wanted to disown you in the name of Jesus don't allow it to don't allow it to terrorize you that's the word he's using anymore in the name of Jesus release it and choose make the choice to love them Father, we thank you for healing. We thank you for wholeness. And I even see angels right now being dispatched. And what they're doing is they're coming to minister this word that has been loose because the Bible says this is God speaking. He said, hallelujah, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. In the name of Jesus, I bind up every satanic word released by parents in the name of Jesus. And I decree that they'll never be loose to bear any fruit in the name of Jesus. I tear them all down and I cast them all down in the name of Jesus. Father, 
begin to implant and impregnate your children with your word and with your truth and with your promises, with your peace, with all your fruit, with your gifts. Hallelujah. Show the world that they've been born again. Show them God that show the world that they've been adopted now. Hallelujah. Show the world that these children have a new father. Now show the world that you're the good father. Hallelujah. That you're a faithful father, that you're a father who doesn't leave. You're a father who doesn't hurt, but you're a father who says you'll never leave us or forsake us. You're a father who comforts us. Hallelujah. We receive your love. And Father, we choose to forgive our natural fathers for what they've done to us and what they didn't do for us. We choose to forgive our natural fathers, God, because vengeance belongs to you, not us. We let it go. We turn them over to you. We release them to you, God. We're not going to hold on to them anymore. We release them to you in the name of Jesus. You're good. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you have your way in their life, just as you have your way in our life. In the name of Jesus, draw us closer to you, Father. Hallelujah. We can hope in you, Father. Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for healing us. We love you. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I want y'all to remember this, that as you move on and you are going through being fixed and being healed, remember to love your fathers. Love your natural father. Doesn't mean that he didn't hurt you. Doesn't mean that he was right but that's the father the Lord gave you. And whatever mistakes he made, he has to answer for those things. But you, you don't have to answer for his mistakes anymore. You have a new father. His name is Jehovah. Let the past go so you can grab on to the future. Remember, you're forgetting those things which are behind and you're pressing forward to the high call and that prize that's in Christ Jesus, right? Press forward, press forward in Jesus' name. I love you and God bless you. May you be whole, holy, and happy. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Destined Women Ministries podcast. I pray this fellowship was edifying, enlightening, and encouraging. If our fellowship blessed you today, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app. While you're at it, share this episode with friends, family, co-workers, social media followers, or anyone you believe would benefit from this teaching. And I'll be right back here every Monday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Destined Women Ministries podcast. For more information about this ministry, please visit www.destinedwomenministries.com.